Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, White Sox fans. Rep Palatini here, hosting the Sox Populi podcast number 100. And 71, it's been a while. I don't think we have a theme. This is probably the first one we've had in a while that didn't have some sort of theme going all the way back to Saxivus. We haven't really talked much about the offseason, although every time we have a podcast, it seems like I'm quizzing all of my lucky guests about how many wins the White Sox will have or how much you want to not watch any White Sox games in 2024. And those answers may not actually change this podcast, but we may kick off this one with, I guess, a little bit of, I don't think you'd call it inside baseball, but certainly, uh, I don't know, White Sox media news. Uh, pretty much, it seemed to me at least, when I ran across the news uh, about our, I guess, sort of, at one time, sort of sister site, Sox Machine, really taking a big step forward uh, today with the addition of James Fegan as a beat writer, maybe even close to full-time. Of course, anyone watching this is probably well aware of the fact that uh, Sox Machine started up 20-odd years ago or so, uh, a while took a pause as Jim Margulis came over to run Southside Sox for a time, even stretching longer than I have so far. I still haven't quite caught him. Don't know if I will. And then, of course, when I came along, uh, went back and really put some extra muscle into Sox Machine. And that has really, really blossomed with today's news. And that is really no longer, if you would ever have considered Southside Sox and Sox Machine competitors, I guess you would to whatever degree. But I think today that is not necessarily the case any longer. I'm guessing the competitors, at least for that side, would be Chicago Sun-Times, Chicago Tribune, <laughs> because uh, at this point, it is probably, at least in White Sox terms, and those are the only terms you measure that site uh, under, uh, that is probably the preeminent uh, White Sox site to go to. Um, and so first off, you know, cap tip there. Uh, whenever this news happens, I want to be in the middle of it. I would have liked to be the person breaking news or being able to have some exciting development where Southside Sox was going to have a beat writer presence or take some major step forward with some sort of merger or prominence. Uh, so, of course, there's always a little bit of a bittersweet feeling when you have to look across the street and say, wow, <laughs> that place over there, I'd really like to live there. Uh, but, you know, listen, credit due. Uh, for a guy who's run a site not even, I don't think really ever, uh, certainly not for a sustained period of time in the Chicago area, not that that necessarily is a requirement, as some of us, maybe very close to this podcast might know, uh, outside of the Chicagoland area, uh, leaving the site and then sort of coming back to it and really creating something that has become uh, very, very powerful, a great voice, uh, I would think it's not even arguably, but I'll say arguably, the two strongest daily voices on the White Sox going to be uh, fueling that now. So really, uh, to lead off with what is some significant news and really, uh, you have to say, sort of a, in a sense, 
a, a victory for all of us. It's it's pretty neat news, and I think it's befitting uh, the top of this podcast. I have five wonderful, wonderful guests with me, including Crystal O'Keefe, Dante Jones, Brian O'Neill, Malachi Hayes, and Super Joseph Rhesus. Uh, so please let me throw it now to the field and uh, you know, get maybe some additional reaction. Maybe I'm wrong about all this, so feel free to tell me. No, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, I think <laughs> if, you, if you look at like the broad media landscape that this falls under, I mean, obviously, if you can do with The Athletic, The Athletic just got screwed by venture capital. Yeah. Uh, you look at the Tribune, just destroyed by all, I mean, by their previous owners, but then Alden just came in and does what Alden did. And yeah, I mean, this is a place like you would think 10, 20, even 10 years ago, where a guy like Fegan would be snapped up by the times of the Tribune. <laughs> but the media landscape has changed so much. And if you look at what's actually successful, I mean, I'm a big fan of Defector. I don't know if, you, if any of you all read Defector. Like that is a community. I mean, they own it. They run it. They're their own bosses. And with private equity and venture capital just coming in to, you know, suck the marrow out of legacy media, look at what happened to Sports Illustrated. There are a couple of signs that are pointing towards a better future. Like the media doesn't have to be destroyed if it can be supported by people who actually want to support good media. So it, this actually makes sense. And it, it makes me slightly more optimistic about the future of media. I don't want to put too much on their on their backs here. I'm not saying they have to carry independent media into the... Go know. ahead. Go ahead. It's not us. Go ahead. <laughs> Otherwise, the vultures win. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think this is, yeah, this just definitely shows that even though we're in really dark days in the media, that there actually might be a couple, might be a couple shoots of light. Hey, let's, I, I'm going to just jump in again. Let's, let's not bury the lead here. Crystal, this hits close to home, you know, sort of decent news here, I guess, in the uh, O'Keefe household. Oh, well, yeah. Um, my husband has done a lot of work with Sox Machine and is good friends with those guys. And I've become great friends with Josh. I feel like I'm kind of the bridge to all of the the media uh, sites. I feel like I've got somebody on every side. I mean, I have Scott Merkin telling me to hit him up for tickets for next season. Okay. Um, so, and we, we talk about concerts and the DMs. Um, <laughs> so as the bridge, I mean, I'm happy for James. And I, I feel like we're still all in this together because we're still all miserable because this is <laughs> so bad. So... Yeah, again, I'm like, if, if they've got the means to go about that and bring in James, then that's great. I'm happy for them. And I don't know. But they're not, they're not the bad guys. I, they're really good dudes over there. So I'm happy that James was able to land in a good spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as, as, listen, as Jim said, when he left Southside Sox, oh, those many years ago, more voices, you know, he was not wishing Southside Sox. I mean, I think that would be very good form anyhow uh, to like crumble. I mean, uh, what he said and what has said been what has been said before him and what will be said after him uh, by even folks like me or any of you is, you know, the more voices covering any of these things of common interest, uh, the better. And uh, getting James back into the mix writing in a way that isn't some sort of one-off or weekend coverage at the Sun-Times, which is better than nothing. Uh, I mean, that can only be a good thing. Yeah, it's the classic, like, the more people, like, the more places you can work, the more people, like, the more you can work, the more places you can work, the more we can all eat, and we should all be supporting each other in this landscape 
as long as we're not being horrible people. And from what I've seen, they're pretty good people. So I'm good with them, you know, landing this spot. You know, that's a really big get. Great for them. <laughs> Happy for them. As long as they produce great content, then we all win at the end of the day. That being said, we want more people too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, listen, hopefully, it, it, you know, just a try. <laughs> it's, it's really going to be driven by the team. But, you know, obviously the coverage of the team, um, snarky, <laughs> celebratory, critical, uh, can hopefully bring a few more eyes as well. And, and you know, listen, it, it needs to be repeated. I mean, this really is a ground up. This isn't a sideways thing. You know, even when you look at um, Chicago getting access, it did great guys there as well. But, I mean, that sort of didn't come in the same way Saxony did, which is really <laughs> – one guy writing, whatever, 20 years ago, being built into this. I mean, it is a pretty extraordinary, I touched on what Brian said, uh, sort of an extraordinary um, success story. And I'm probably totally out of my quota uh, of graciousness at this point. So I'm going to shut down and just let everybody else uh, weigh in on uh, the pretty cool news. But, you know, or not. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, one of the questions <laughs> is, does, does Major League Baseball catch up today? Are the White Sox, and I don't know enough about other teams and how they handle alternative media, it feels like the White Sox are, might be behind or is that normal? Is that, are, are, are legacy ownership and, you know, are they still mostly beholden to legacy media or is that changing? The White Sox are behind. Um, they have... Um, they have partners, uh, but in our context, let's say, and I think it's something we've discussed uh, among us staff at Southside Sox, um, they, they throw on term accredited media. I don't know what it means. Uh, in the SB Nation universe, there are a number of other team sites that have the ability to cover games, have the ability that was just granted to Sox Routine, for example, or that we as the Sports Illustrated entity had uh, in 2020. Um, and others don't, uh, Cubs don't. So, I mean, it's not as if this is some sort of weird, you know, just Chicago, you know, whatever thing, but, uh, yeah, the white socks are a little sticky. There's probably worse. Um, but in a landscape where you would think, well, I mean, <laughs> if anybody gets up to rest row, you can look to the left, look to the right and realize there's room. <laughs> it's not a matter of there not being room. So, uh, yeah, they take a peculiar uh, take, which, which, again, makes this somewhat surprising. Obviously, James Feagan is sort of the bridge to being uh, to, for Sox Machine to be on the, the beat there, uh, and I guess also expressing at least some semi-commitment to covering road, which can be, you know, an issue too. You know, beat writer just covering at home sort of isn't necessarily, you know, a true beat writer. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, there's still – they're still a little sticky and it's out of, and you know, maybe this, maybe this breaks down a couple other walls where there's just a little bit more open access. That's probably too big a hope, but I mean, or wouldn't have expected this. On this so might as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, come on, don't blow it. Sox machine. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely. I mean, it's, I'll weigh in a little bit and I'll just, say it's yeah it's a, definitely a positive development i'm very happy for james and all the folks over at socks machine that's definitely great news and um i feel like there was a lot of unification across white Sox twitter when the layoffs at the athletic happened earlier this year and um yeah. james was unfortunately part of that and rightfully so and um you know it's really one of the Areas that White Sox fans found, I, I feel like, to bond over yeah. this past year was, you know, with regards to like mm -hmm. 
no, nobody liked when that happened. No. And um, it, it's very great to see him have, have this new opportunity over there. Yeah. Yeah. To see the, um, to see the good guys, you know, maybe get a win. Um, you know, again, I, I would have loved the good guys, you know, to be us, I would still love that. But I mean, to see, uh, um, talent rewarded, I mean, the idea, again, I think that Brian may have noted that, that, that James as a writer wasn't, and we, we don't, obviously we don't know what the situation was, but that, 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 that he's not just transferred somewhere within the athletic, given the demonstrable talent, uh, he has, uh, it's just, it does make you scratch your head into what Joe said. I mean, that, that allowed it to be pretty much a hundred percent, just universal, um, outrage, you know, even despondency when in the context of, a, of the, 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 the media, um, view of just, you know, how can this happen? You know, good people are supposed to keep getting to do the good work they're doing, especially when like the New York times is, you know, it just, it really doesn't add up a whole lot. So to see this really sort of surprise twist, um, it's certainly to me a surprise. I don't know what all the rumblings were, but uh, it's heartening, you know, and plenty of time. You know, it's not a mid-season thing or something where it's like, oh, you know, you spend the whole season. It's a lost season because you're just scrambling to get everything thrown together. Um, you know, knowing Jim, this has been sort of methodically plotted. So, uh, you know, probably from opening day forward, it's, you know, it's it's going to be every bit what you'd expect from traditional media. And I'm going to guess a fair bit more. Uh, because traditional media is sort of what landed us in this problem in the first place. So, you know, really is sort of going to be a um, one of the go-to sources uh, for Sox information. Um, and listen, hopefully, you know, they can maybe lift, you know, raise us all. I don't know what the phrasing is, but um, yeah, that wouldn't be a bad thing either. And who knows? There are many capable hands out there. Chicago White Sox. Uh, but uh, great to see them sort of break the tape and get in there. Um, Malachi, any thoughts? Not not going to shove a mic in your face, but uh, any thoughts on this? Uh, you know, I think everyone said it pretty well already. I'm happy that I'll get to read him again on a regular basis. You know, that was a, a travesty what happened over the at, at the uh, Athletic and their uh, new evil overlords. So, um, yeah, no, it's just good to have him back in the um, back in the ecosystem a little bit. You know, it's uh it's a better place with with his coverage in it, so that's that's what I'm here for. All right, uh, we could go on for hours, or just another 15 minute segment about Sox Machine. That is 15 minutes more than we've probably ever spoken on Sox Machine. So, thanks for the uh, good good uh, initiative, um, Jim, Josh, James. Uh, good trio over there. Um, certainly sub obviously if you're listening to us chances are you at least stop by Sacristein. it's not a it's not a bad place to be uh we'll take a break and then talk i guess a little bit about i don't know actual baseball developments if there's something to talk about i guess there is uh we'll take a break back in a minute and we'll talk more about stuff hey white Sox fans my name is brett Ballantini. i have five of my very favorite people in the entire world and Close to favorite uh, house pet, at least one. Um, Willow so far has been behaving, but I think that might be because Crystal was really good with the cough button there. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, she may still decide to make herself heard before this podcast is out. All right, we spent the first half talking about some uh, sort of exciting 
as Brian said, optimistic, maybe even. Wow, that's, I don't even know if I can wear that shirt. But uh, yeah, maybe optimistic news about like baseball, sports, White Sox coverage. Uh, pretty cool stuff. Or there at Sox Machine. But uh, the reason we, I think, ostensibly we're going to be talking in this podcast wasn't about some other baseball site. It's going to be about the Chicago White Sox and some of the things they've been doing. Busy, busy Saturday, I believe, for Chris Getz. It seems like the offseason theme has been perhaps um, to the detriment of offense, to the detriment of maybe even pitching, has been defense. And uh, I followed through with that and acquiring um, Don Fletcher in sort of a, a little bit of an odd trade with Arizona and then picking up sort of a, a interesting variety pack from Seattle in exchange for Gregory Santos, one of the few players we really sort of knew, thought we knew we could count on, uh, and I guess the de facto closer for the season. So now that position's been thrown up into the air. Uh, reactions to, I guess, a very busy weekend for Chris Getz and maybe even whether this is giving you more of an optimistic feeling, pessimistic feeling, or maybe it just doesn't really change anything about how you feel because it's just sort of shuffling chairs on a ship that's already underwater. Uh, thoughts, folks? Yeah, personally, I think, like you said, it's just shuffling chairs because, like, I'm I was somebody that loved Gregory Santos when he was here. I was at first sad to see him go and then took the five, like, took a few minutes to think about it. I was like, okay, I understand. Also, he should get a chance to shine on a team that, like, is it going to be at least closer to the playoffs than we are because I don't know if anybody else looked at the three Colter standings or if they got it, I don't know pronounce things. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, technically, I'd say that's 29 other teams, but uh, the spirit of what you said is is acceptable. They, yeah. 20, 28, they got uh, like 27. They got, I think, two teams worse than us. Right. I mean, do we really count the Oakland A's? Probably not, but you know, no. that, that's supposed to count. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, like at least they went and decided. Let's try to get a middle. I mean, a right fielder. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. You know, the attempts were made. It will make my season a quarter of percent less annoying. Hopefully, we'll see. I doubt it because it's the White Sox and they find ways to make all of us mad. But at least there's an attempt made. Yeah, you know. It's nice to see, I guess, you know, picking at silver linings uh, that, you know, Brian Bannister kind of based on the profile of, of pitchers that are being brought in uh, through various means via trade, minor league signings, whatever. He seems to be empowered to, you know, have a voice in, in player personnel and who gets brought on board in a way that, you know, as much as Ethan Katz was supposed to be kind of with the new age stuff, he clearly uh, while he, you know, was supposedly instrumental in, say, Mike Clevenger signing here, uh, amongst other things, he also clearly didn't quite have, uh, wasn't quite, you know, empowered to run run things in, in a modern fashion. So, uh, you know, Prelander Baroa is a very interesting young pitcher who's really not super dissimilar to what Gregory Santos was mm -hmm. 12 months ago when mm -hmm. they brought him on board. Uh, so, you know, these are... You know, it's assuming this is where we're going to be for the foreseeable future and having foreclosed any like big good news happening. It's like, hey, there's news. We can huh. talk about it at least. So, you know, I'm I'm happy for the scraps at this point. <laughs> we had a reason to get together. Great to see you, Malik. You had a reason to get together. <laughs> I think the 
the difference in standings, if Santos was the closer or if I was, is whatsoever. Like, Don't sell finish. yourself short, Brian. Uh, you know, they're going to finish last. I'm barring some catastrophe for the other teams, but you know, it doesn't it doesn't matter right now. Having a good closer is not at all no. important to the White Sox no. at this point. I think Malik, I said, you know, yeah, if. If Barrow turns out to be uh, Gregory Santos, that's great. But I mean, I'm really interested that they actually picked up a draft pick. Hmm. Um, that is not something that they are known to do. And I know one draft pick in baseball doesn't really matter. I'm not even a big draft baseball draft guy just because it's such a crapshoot. But it's a different approach, and there are a little there are little glimmers. And Malachi hinted at that. You know, Bannister and Rarfield have different ways of doing things. I don't know how much of it is gets and how much he's listening to the more experienced or smarter people around him. But I appreciate that it seems like they're taking a different approach. They're still playing with the nicety of we're not rebuilding, we're retooling. But I think the people behind the scenes know that that's the most polite fiction possible and they're not actually at all playing that game with with the trades they're making. So this is not like going to be a difference maker of a trade, but it also shows that they are not trying to just stay in place either. Scott Merkin is not a White Sox employee, although obviously he he has a strange sort of bridge. He has a strange role, and I'm sure most most readers or listeners would say, "Oh yeah, you know, sure he is. He just you know spouts a line." But I thought it was funny. I don't really recall who who clipped the piece, but uh, there was a paragraph in his write up of one of the trades where he used the word rebuild like twelve times. So uh, yeah, I mean whether or not they're officially saying it behind the podium, well, the folks really really close to the podium. Uh, certainly are. And of course, you know, we've known this all along. We probably knew like a year ago that there was somehow like a rebuild uh, coming or we were <laughs> in it already based on the moves made or not made by Rick Hahn. So uh, yeah, it may be a verboten word, but it's pretty much between the line of every single press release and now even, um, you know, the actual MLB.com writer for the White Sox. So uh, uh, other thoughts from the resting on these, on these moves, any, anything inspiring about it? So I am not inspired by okay. any of it. All right. Uh, I'm still kind of in that same boat. Although I am, I will be in Seattle in May to see the Mariners. Um, but also I am going to see the A's play twice. And that's sad because um, like they purpose. might even be better than the White Sox this year. Just. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a foregone conclusion. They won't be. That's for sure. No. So if you had to bet on a system, you might you might yeah you might bet on Oakland over the Sox. But hey, they might not be going. Boy, there's a lot of strange breaking news here about the Las Vegas mayor. Just I mean, I guess it, you can't really turn the truck around. The tip, you can't turn the Titanic around at this point. But I, I don't know. <laughs> the golf clap that has welcomed the Las Vegas A's is pretty entertaining. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the port the port that the Titanic is headed to just said can you not like you're right. not, you're not <laughs> so you know they made they they're they're departing. <laughs> they could just be playing on one of those plastic islands floating in the Pacific or what yeah. <laughs> they're gonna be on that door and Rose is not gonna let them in. They're all gonna die in the ocean. <sighs> Lame duck. <laughs> Lame duck baseball franchise. Wow. I will say I'm not really inspired either by the trades, um, but I do think that they are both very slightly better than doing nothing, um, which is pleasant to see because, you know, a lot of times I haven't been able to say that lately about White Sox moves. Um, 
Yeah, Prelander Baroa is an interesting prospect, and I think he will definitely give them some quality innings this year. And obviously, they need that um, very badly. <laughs> um, and the other prospect coming along in that trade, Zach Deloach. Yeah, he showed some power in AAA this past year and um, was also able to have a high on base percentage. So, like, he... Is, they don't really have much depth in the outfield. I mean, obviously there's Luis Robert Jr. who's and who's, who's a star player, but I mean, they really trail off quickly after him as far as far as outfielders um, are concerned. So I mean, will Deloach be a decent outfielder long term in the majors? Probably not, but it's w- worth a try. And you know, mm-hmm. Santos was of, of course a great um, reliever for them this past year, but I mean, relievers are pretty volatile year to year to year. And um, that was really his first like really successful season at the major league level. So, I mean, I I don't mind them flipping him when they did. And um, yeah, ultimately I I think it's a, it's a slight positive. I like one of the, I like when it's not a super hot take because I think it's a typical take, but it's like, well, you know, those are like Pacific coast league inflated numbers or whatever. And and I get it. And I get it. Those, those numbers are sort of somewhat mind boggling. Okay. I get it. They're inflated, but it's like, we're the White Sox. We're really going to be picky about that. The guy hits 25 or whatever home, you know, bring him to town. Please, like we're going to be uh, picky about it. W- one thing that strikes me about these Gets deals, and I believe me, I think you're all aware of this, even maybe a few of you listeners out there, that I'm certainly not inclined to be, let's say, pro Chris Getz. But given the fact that one of our significant criticisms, I think I can say our significant criticisms of this move is sham process of hiring the GM, basically um, a Rickon yes man getting um, you know, getting the new job instead of being cleared out. Um, there's certainly no clearing the deck here. It gets just sort of ascends, even though you know the company he worked for was going under, he still got the gig. Okay. But it does seem to me in a couple ways, these trades sort of signaling at least a little bit of difference. You know, Rickon, you know, if... Gregory Santos is not, you know, equivalent, let's say, to Aaron Bummer, but Rick Hahn was more inclined to try to extend Aaron Bummer on the cheap, but extend him, which, good or bad move, that's the move he made. Getz may be saying, hey, I might try to sell high on a guy, given that bullpen arms can be volatile. Rick Hahn, we know, he has done this. He's going to grab, you know, and. Adam Eaton thinking he's going to grab some sort of weird lightning in a bottle with him in ref. He's going to jump the market to, to bring in a guy like that, or maybe even a, maybe even a redacted. Um, the idea that gets is again, good or bad. It definitely taking a little bit of a different approach. Um, maybe trying to bet on, or, you know, this can be Barfield's influence, bet on a guy like Fletcher to maybe really blossom. I think a little bit of what Maliki hammers in a number of podcasts is this team at some point, whether they're at the height of their playoffs, <laughs> that brief, brief, brief time, or in the throes of another rebuild, they got to start rolling the dice on guys, you know, like maybe a Fletcher Deloach, you know, whoever, who are really going to end up paying off big. And it's not to say that, you know, these roles are going to really pay off big, but Adam Eaton was never going to pay off big. Um, you know, uh, lip service to signing big name guys and then not getting them isn't really going to turn out anything big. So I I am maybe crediting in a very backhanded kind of way that Getz is doing it a little differently. I'm not getting excited about it, but it is different. And I'm not sure we were 
inclined to expect that? Yeah, he's approaching it like a farm director, which is, you know, you can agree or disagree with the moves themselves or be mad that they're in this position where these are the moves they're making. Uh, but no, he's he's approaching it with the look of somebody who seems to have a philosophy. And even if that philosophy is, did they play for the Kansas City Royals? <laughs> San Francisco Giants, I suppose it's still better than having no philosophy. Uh, and just to your point about the Deloach and the Pacific Coast League a moment ago, uh, Deloach had a WRC plus weighted runs created plus of 111 for uh, AAA. I think it's Tacoma down there. Uh, so that's normalized by league. And the White Sox, sorry, Charlotte, the Charlotte Knights did not have a player above 100. Okay, good. Then my my then my hunch wasn't totally idiotic. Thank you, Malik. I love just hearing that. Just once time a podcast, and I'm not a complete idiot. The rest of the podcast, it's fine. But one time, thank you. Um, yeah, the right. Yeah, the right. Good point. <laughs> you sort of cut me down there. The whole get Royals that is sort of undermining this this momentum I'm trying to build for Chris Getz. But uh, noted. I, I mean, I agree with that. They're, it, they, they're doing something, which, is, I mean, I think Joe said, you know, they're not, they're doing a little bit more than nothing, which is not an inspiring slogan. It's not quite everything, <laughs> but it's better than, yeah, better than, we're doing nothing. Like that's, that's been a slogan for the last couple of years. So I don't know, maybe I, I, I don't want to uh, try to get ahead of things, but I don't know. There's part of me that's like, what if, what if Getz is secretly smart? What if he's actually just been, I know, I know, maybe not, but at least they're do. All right, fine, Crystal, never mind. Yeah. But, I mean, just the fact that they're willing to eat the cost of having to destroy all those pocket schedules that said White Sox Baseball 2024, we're doing nothing, and changing them to White Sox Baseball 2024, we're doing something. Hey, man, you don't expect Ryan to do that. So don't, no, don't, don't, be afraid. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Don't get excited. Don't, don't get drink, even don't, don't believe don't. in this team. It's been poisoned. Well, like not believing in it, but maybe not totally not believing. Okay. It's one of those, at least they've attempted. And even if the attempt goes wrong, it's better than the usual do absolutely nothing or do way too much in some cases and like overcorrect things that didn't need that much correction, like the Super Bowl pin of 2022. That's a great yeah, and, I just am excited to use that Bart Simpson meme where he's throwing the cake into the trash. The, at least you tried. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's one of my favorites. And, and, and Crystal, I don't want to lobby you here, but given the fact that the, the old way of doing things, I, I, okay, I get it. And Malik, you already put in perspective, go get Royals. I'm, 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 I've already changed my thought of what I said, just, you know, I'm not clever enough to go back and edit it, but I've already changed my feeling. But I mean, let's face it, if this was a Han team, we'd have we'd already have redacted on the team. Okay, so we have a 4A pitcher in his place, but that's better. We'd have Eaton on the team, well, you know, uh, Don Fletcher. Okay, that's better. So, I mean, yeah, this is a really trivial trivial type of stuff to be excited about, it, but we could be really sort of, well, I mean, I guess we still are angry, either, but angrier. It's either, you know, bargain bin hunting or, again, just going for every person that has been associated with the Royals. So it's really equal because the Royals are trash as well. So yeah. it's just 
my confidence is not high. Yes, yeah. it's like polished turd versus regular turd. Yeah. Exactly. Both of them are still the same thing. I mean, Crystal, I haven't changed my 107 losses. So, I mean, I'm not, I haven't totally lost my head here. I'm just, you know, we're looking for talking points, like the excellent podcast, podcast host I am. Um, and, you know, maybe failing. I mean, is, is this better overall than if they were like, we're going to spend, we're going to spend $80 million on somebody who is good in 2013? Like, they're not doing the normal thing. Yeah, we could have got Ben Tendi again. You know what I mean? <laughs> again, all right. I'm just, I'm throwing things out there. Like, it yeah. just, it feels like they're not trying to make the big splashy move that's not actually splashy, but that they they can sell as being like, look what we did. Now we've got another Alomar. Or whatever. <laughs> I, I like that they fail at the splashy move so often. Now they just, it's a victory that they don't even try to make the splashy move. But uh, Brian, yeah, you're speaking what, the truth. That is what dumb teams do <laughs> when they're trying to just set out a press release. Um, it's actually been kind of optimistic that they're not just doing press releases. About, so, I don't know. I don't trust Getz, but I, I, I like Bannister and Barber. Well, Redacted can't. hasn't signed yet, so let's just be careful. That splash could be out there. Personally, I would rather Redacted go sent to the sun, but you know, I think we all feel like that. He was playing like the prison team baseball. Oh, he's getting there. Don't worry. He'll be there before his career is over. Yeah. Don't send him to Japan. Just send him to prison. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. Like... Oh, I don't know what happened there. Well, we were at the end of the day, but. Um... Yeah. Well, yeah, I broke oh, up. So okay. I was just saying, at the end All of right. the day, it's not the Adam Dunn signing where, like, he instantly gets appendicitis and all goes horribly wrong very quickly. Yeah. So, you know, things happen. Also, now that I've thought about it, I'm so shocked that Adam Dunn wasn't the guy that was able to coax them out of $100 million. Like, I thought he would be the one. He made it negotiate very well. He probably could have, but he probably just like, yep, I want to come. <laughs> you know, he... Looks sort of a good old boy, so you know, he just took the first offer. I don't know. Didn't seem like a big holdout guy. He also thought he could hit the scoreboard with a home run, so like, or the the big whatever the the jumbo tron, which you know, is, I don't know, six hundred feet away or whatever it is. But uh, yeah, I gotta look into what uh, um, uh, Papa Jones is doing there. He might he might be messing with your Wi-Fi connection there once he starts hearing. And we haven't talked to any trash about the Cubs, so I mean, you know. Come hey, on, that gosh. is funny. He, they just walked in um, a little while ago. Also, for a record, I have the scoreboard on my hat today. Oh, all right. So yeah. that was the scoreboard he thought he could hit. Yeah, and uh, uh, the fact they thought he could hit that showed that um he might be closer to dumbest bricks than I, than I thought he was. <laughs> Played a lot of football at Texas. Ah, <laughs> oh, hey, Super Bowl. Let's get excited about that. I'm not going to diss football. Um. Okay, so, uh, all right, um, a quick um, speed round then, and I'll start with Crystal, because I guess I know the answer. Um, uh, more optimistic, same, or even uh, more pessimistic than you were last time we talked? I feel the exact same. Exact same. I have a feeling that's going to be just a cut and paste, basically, until our season-ending podcast. So, all right. Hopefully it doesn't get worse for you, Crystal, because I know the – your, your biorhythms with the White Sox are extremely low uh, as it is. Um, Dante, any more inspiration for you? Absolutely bleeping not. 
We might run the table here. Uh, Brian, are you feeling um, any better? I'm going to be the Candide here, who I understand was Voltaire's fool. But we actually, Dom Fletcher, we might have a right fielder. And being optimistic about finally having one of the nine positions in baseball after, what, Mm -hmm. 35 years without it, it feels like a lifetime without it, is is a very, very small victory. But there's a person who can play baseball in right field. Yeah. That's fantastic. It's not right. Really fantastic, but small, small steps, small steps. Brian, we are all, we remain White Sox fans. We are all Voltaire's fools. So don't get <laughs> yourself there. <laughs> That's six of us on train right here. That's another slogan for the, for the calendar. <laughs> uh, that's a freebie for you. Once again, White Sox, feel free to use it for the pocket schedule. Uh, Maliki, feeling any better? I mean, yeah, I'm feeling a little bit better in in the same way that like there was once upon a time I was looking forward to getting to see like Ryan Cordell and Charlie Tilson just because they weren't Melky Cabrera. You know, I mean, Zach Deloach is not Gavin Sheets, um, nor is Dominic Fletcher. So, you know, new faces, even though they may bring us the same fortunes are, you know. Better to be fresh and bad than stale and bad. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and and clip and save because a year ago, in in the case of both Maliki and Brian, when it came time to predict, now granted the team is vastly well, maybe not that vastly different, but certainly vastly different than what we thought it would be going into last season. And both of them, among maybe a couple others, said, "You know what? I want the team to do well." The 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 positive outlier is that you know this could have been a this <laughs> could have been a ninety win team and a team that competes for the playoffs. So um, if there were two people on this panel who I'd say might be feeling even if it's um, couched and all very relative the way Maliki just uh, very well explained, um, it's going to be probably Brian and Maliki because it's like yeah we are following this team we would like to see something good happen which is why we probably let off this podcast with hey. One of us get to cover the goddamn team now. Um, you know, we just <laughs> we would just like a little bit more, and maybe some of it occasionally has a smile instead of straight face, or most likely cussing or frowning. So you know, I'm waiting yeah. to see if either one of you decide to go over 500. But I don't think you're going to lose your head to that degree. Look, I, I derive joy out of watching the White Sox play baseball at a base level, and any joy that is dependent on them winning baseball games, I am I am making sure that's fulfilled yeah. elsewhere because you know yeah. you might have issues if uh, yes. that's not the case. But Malky Hayes with the one sixty five. I don't know. All right, on the high side. I'll, I'll probably be on the high side. Mm. Malky Hayes with replacement <laughs> level the replacement level expectations, of, and you know if that isn't going to be on all is that going to be on all of our white Sox fandom tombstones i don't know what is because we've all lived through this some of you younger than me having a bigger portion a bigger percentage of your fandom stuck in this quicksand that is i don't even know let's wait till next year because i don't know if we ever ever end up having that hope at the end of the season i'm not sure hey, 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 hey. wait we do not say wait until next year there's the uh, south right Oh no! Trust me, I'm not playing that game. But I, I just gotta make sure. That's fine. The Cubs' dad, but like I said, every time I hear, <laughs> yeah, I understand why the alarms would go off in your head. That's hey, we are not uh, lovable, even if at the moment we are losers. I'm kind of just cursing my husband for signing me up for this. Oh yeah, yeah, fair. 
I, I could have yeah. just given up on baseball entirely. Yeah. Well, just make sure you use it. As long as it still hurts, you know, make sure you just get something out of the pain that he has inflicted on you by putting you in this position. But. He, he did say he was going to get back into baseball this year. And I was like, well, I don't know what team you're going to be rooting for. <laughs> Looking bad. We're outside of Chicago, but yeah, you know, you got the trip coming up, so that's not like you're going to become Oakland A's fans because that's, let's face it, the merchandise is going to get stale. But, uh, you know, hey, that's enjoying baseball, but at this point, it's sort of what you got to do because it's pretty hard to enjoy the White Sox. There can, well, be, no, there can be no pain without love. No. White Sox 2024. The Sox, <laughs> the Sox are playing on my birthday, but it's the Ast they're playing against the Astros. So I was like, well, I don't want to go watch that blowout. The Mets yeah. are just going to be in town a couple days later at Wrigley. So it got to the point where I was like, maybe I just go watch the Mets instead and enjoy my birthday. Yeah. This is what it's you've good. done to us, White Sox. This is what, and we still give you free pocket schedule slogans. Uh, okay, Joe Reeses, um, are, are you going to make it three in a row? Are you feeling a little better or pretty much about the same? I am feeling, I'm feeling a little bit better. Um, yes, we – Granted, that's with a major caveat that the new Pakota projections that just came out, where they, the White Sox, according to it, have a 0.0% chance of making the playoffs. Um, I don't think that that's that far off. That's not good, Joe, right? I'm not a stats guy. That's not good, right? I mean, that's that's pretty – that's sort of bad, right? Yeah. I, yeah I'd okay. give him a 1% chance, I think, in a league where 40% of the teams make the playoffs. Um, I do feel a little bit better. Um yeah, so as far as the right field issues that they've had, um, they had one fluky good year with Avisail Garcia in 2017. Before that, I think you'd have to go back to Jermaine Dye for the last time they had like an above average season from a right fielder. And yeah, they, not even COVID in the fluky sort of like COVID year did they have an above average right fielder because that was Nomar Mazara who was just not good for them. Mm. And I'm excited to see them actually making a serious attempt to address that position with sort of the limited resources that they have available. And um, yeah, they'll, yeah, I, I think they're gradually trending in the right direction, although they still of course have a really, really long way to go. Joe Reese is much closer to Las Vegas than he used to be. He's going to go, he's going to motor there and point down one of them silver dollars on the white socks chances of making the playoffs and he's going to be rich he's going to buy south side socks and he's going to get us on the press row this is all going to happen in one year i'm just giving away the predictions it's not in the prediction podcast uh yet and also by the way uh joe rickon will be in touch with you directly to scold you for your adam eaton erasure however sorry, point, sorry, sorry, point still adam stands point still well. stands i'm the last person to defend adam eaton and look i just defended Adam Eaton. This is what this team has done to me. It has battered me into defending Adam Eaton. Uh, well, I don't know when we're all going to get together again. We will have, I'm sure, some sort of mm, trivial reason to get together. I don't know what it'll be. Uh, we do have our predictions podcast coming up, but that's, geez, that's like a month or two. We'll probably do a podcast for the uh, White Sox Hall of Fame. We're not quite doing that yet. I want to have the prospect voting wind down. Once that's done, it's coming soon. Once that's done, when I just I don't have too many votes competing. So we'll do a, a White Sox Hall of Fame. Um, some of you might even be your first chances at voting at that thing. We pretty much sort of took a year off of that. But oh, we'll try and trot out some fun sorts of things to do. And it's worth reminding 
in context with how we let off this podcast and how great some other White Sox site is. And listen, again, kudos, kudos to them for, for really breaking that, um, I don't know, glass press box, whatever it is, to get in there and do some coverage and let's hope it works out. Uh, it does seem like it's a, certainly not a foregone conclusion. Not even a foregone conclusion the White Sox won't end up going back on their word. <laughs> and James shows up, nobody there. They're like, where do you think you're going? Who knows what's going to happen, you know, in the snowstorm or whatever it's going to be on March 28th. But it is worth noting that this really is a site that we've tried to uh, put out there with a, a diversity of voices, um, a lot of different perspectives, hopefully stuff that will entertain. Uh, we try to have fun. It's been pretty hard, but we seem to still laugh through some of these tears, as evidence even in this podcast, certainly the second half, where we actually have to talk about the Chicago White Sox. We're going to continue to do that. There's a lot of other places you can go and enjoy White Sox information. I hope this one at Southside Sox is one you always consider to be uh, unique and uh, familiar, maybe even familial. Um, that's been the goal of me, and I think all of us here, uh, speaking of those who are not even on this podcast and who have come and gone even from the site, there's definitely a, a long list of names there as well. And uh, we'll, I can promise you we're going to continue to do that. And even if we're not able to press our faces up against the window of actual uh, coverage, hopefully you will still find what we're doing entertaining uh, and worth tuning in on. Uh, you've done it. Um, you know, with, with me here now for, I don't know, was it six, seven, eight years? I don't even know how long it's been. <sighs> Too long, you could argue. And, and certainly for many of my colleagues here, a number of years. And, you know, we're going to keep producing that for you and hopefully just somehow have fun uh, through this season. So that's one thing you're always going to be able to depend on uh, Southside Sox for. We're going to continue to try to generate that for you. And when new ideas come up and, I don't know, creative aspects of, of, of coverage or opinion, uh, we're going to try to provide it. Uh, I don't know if anybody wants to follow up on any of that, but it um, doesn't have to be a party note, but feel free to jump in as I say thank you to Willow O'Keefe, Crystal O'Keefe, very smart on the cough button there. Uh, I should say the bark button. Uh, Dante Jones, um, I, you know, taking a, a very, very, very short road trip um, uh, tonight and uh, successfully doing so. Uh, Brian O'Neill, um, our bar, just uh, one single Volta Voltaire uh, reference uh, tonight. Hey, you know, listen, this is this is off season. He's getting into his uh, regular season shape as well. <laughs> uh, Malachi Hayes, um, yeah, he's doing stuff. He's um, uh, moving up the uh, the masthead. He's um, going to be doing more guidance of our site this year as well, in addition to the writing that you're used to seeing from him. Super Joseph Rezus taking a little bit bigger bite of the whole prospects world and a little bit more of the minor league world. Oh, maybe we'll just keep that under wraps for now, but uh, uh, Super Joe stepping up big for us in terms of that, something he's been doing with us since we've been together, Joe, and I've always appreciated that, and I uh, appreciate you uh, being able to... Um, Step in and come through for us in this coming season, as the minors are probably going to be far more interesting than, uh, oh, well, let's face it, the major league team is going to sort of be a minor league team too anyhow. But hey, just 10 days, what is it? Two weeks, 10 days till pitchers and catchers report. So it's coming, whether we, can, we try as hard as we can to lock the door, but it's going to come busting through the front door here very shortly. Uh, Crystal, Dante, Brian, Willow, Malachi, Joe, Thank you for being with me. We'll have another podcast sometime soon. Thanks for being with us, everybody. And let's celebrate the victory for the 
White Sox uh, blog world that we've gotten today. And uh, we'll continue to provide you some really uh, terrific coverage on our own end. And we will try to do the best we can for you in that endeavor. And we will catch you for podcast, I don't know, 172, I don't know, before opening day, sometime between now and opening day.